morning. Thanks for tuning in to episode 49 of the Matt and Matt No Scale Trains podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rochford, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Matt and Johnny. Uh, co-hosts, sound off. How's everybody doing? Hello, everyone. How you guys, uh, how you gents doing tonight? Anything new? No, nothing new. I'm feeling a lot better than I was last week when we tried to do this, but uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, glad to have you back, dude. Glad you're feeling better. Um, just work on the layout, breaking trains like I always do, and uh, you know, same stuff, different day. How about you, Matt? It's busy, 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 but uh, always have time for uh, for this uh, wonderful podcast we have. Oh yeah. All right. So uh, as far as our podcast goes, you can uh, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, and all of the other third-party podcasting sites that you can uh, find on the internet. Uh, I also wanted to mention, of course, our Discord server, which uh, is coming close to 200. Uh, We're not there yet, but we're getting really close. Uh, It's a public Discord so anyone can join. Uh, all you have to do is uh, acknowledge that you're a good person, and uh, bam, you're inside the uh, the Discord server. Uh, we have a great group of moderators who always uh, make sure that people are treated with respect, and uh, of course, keep our community safe. Uh, there is a link, as always, in the show notes. You click on it. Uh, again, you're just you're asked a few questions. You check the box. You're in. Uh, you're chatting with people. You're posting your photos. You're posting your um, you know, videos, um, they, you know, a lot of people come into the actual voice chat. There's a lot of YouTubers out there that come into our channel and talk on the voice, uh, you know, Chris's trains and things, um, RBP, uh, Jason, Sid, you know, the, the, the list is endless and uh, there are a whole bunch of other people that I didn't name there, but, uh, uh, they're definitely in our server as well. Uh, as far as, uh, our URL for our podcast, uh, it's really quick. It's just www.mandmpodcast.com. That'll get you right to our homepage. And uh, lastly, of course, uh, we want to talk about our merchandise. So uh, we've uh, teamed up with redbubble.com. Again, there'll be a link in the notes. Uh, and we have uh, Matt and Matt uh, logos on pretty much uh, anything you can think of out there. So um, if you're looking for something like that, click on that link. Check out our merch. Before we start, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Trains.com. If you are looking for a great deal on used and new model railroading products and want top-notch service, then please head over to Trains.com, where they have about over 120,000 products with new ones added every day. You can also sign up for their newsletter to see newly listed and newly discounted products and receive advance notice of upcoming promotions. Now, I've been using Trains.com myself as well as my co-hosts. And we highly recommend them to our listeners. Now, if you're like us and you're always on the lookout for your next engine, join the Trains Rewards program to earn points on every purchase and unlock future discounts. And if you're an avid collector and want first dibs on new items, sign up for the private car membership to get early access to new listings, earn five points per dollar spent, and unlock great benefits like no questions asked returns. Now, guys, don't forget that uh, you'll need parts to keep your engines and cars operating smoothly. And to do this, Trains has a collection of 15,000 plus parts available on their website for any item you may need. And also, if you're interested in downsizing your collection or know someone who is unfortunately leaving the hobby, Trains also buys collections. So head over to sellmytrains.com to get a quote. And Trains makes it easy to sell your collection. 
Now, if you do plan on buying from them, please use our affiliate link, which is www.trains.com slash MMOP. You can also use our unique one-time promo code MMOP for $10 off a single purchase on the trains.com website. All right, well, let's talk about tonight's episode. Um, and uh, it's kind of a special one because uh, this is our first episode where we're actually talking to a, uh, a club. Uh, the uh, New Jersey High Railers Club uh, reached out to us and uh, we were more than happy to uh, to talk with them. And I'm going to have each of them introduce themselves right now. Uh, how you doing? I'm uh, Ben Fiorello. I've been a member of the NJ High Railers since 2003. Pretty involved with it. Um, going to get a little more involved when I retire at the end of the year. So. <laughs> So uh, I'm Chris Lord. I'm uh, currently the president of the NJ High Railers. Uh, I uh, succeeded Ben, uh, who uh, had been the president for many years before me. I've been involved in the club for about 12 years. Um, like everybody else, I enjoy my model trains, and the club gives me a really great chance to uh, play with a pretty big, pretty nice layout. Matt? Hi, uh, Matt Horning here, uh, another member of the High Railers. I've been involved since uh, 2001. Uh, great hobby, great place to see trains. Yeah, and a big thanks to uh, all three of you for taking the time out and uh, coming on our, our podcast here. Uh, we love talking to folks, um, and especially now to uh, actual like uh, railroad clubs. Um, it's going to be interesting. Like I said before, like you're our first club uh, that we've had on. Uh, so we have some interesting questions for you. And we also want to obviously give you the chance to to uh, talk about your club as well. And, uh, you know, there'll be time, obviously, at the end of the episode to, to give all your links. Uh, but that doesn't mean we don't want you to kind of like talk about the history and how to join and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Matt and Johnny, you guys got anything before we uh, before we get started here? I'm, uh really excited for this. This has kind of been a little bit in the making here, and uh, I'm ready to uh, see what we got in store. Same here. Uh, definitely seen a lot of videos of your guys' club on YouTube and other uh, other social media and just media overall. So be able to talk to the guys behind it and the cool layout is uh, pretty exciting for us. So I can't wait to rock and roll here. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to give our, our, our East Coast host, uh, Mr. Matt Z. Um, you know, I'm going to give him the, the rights to start out with the question since he's our resident East Coaster. So, uh, Matt Z, you got the floor. All right. Uh, I don't know where you're going to start, Matt. So I'm just going to start right on him off and we'll go from there. But, uh, I guess the first logical question to ask is, uh, uh, what is the NJ high railers? How did it start? And how do you become a member if you, if you uh, choose to do so? Well, and any of you guys can answer. I'll tell you what, it started with Matt Horning when he was probably 12 years old or 10 years old. Uh, our club was a um, a, uh, a mobile club that they used to set up at the train shows. And Matt used to go to the, all the train shows and made friends with the uh, president of the club. And uh, after a while, the president let him run trains and... Uh, he saw how interested Matt was in, in the, uh, the, the, the trains and he just gave him free reign. Then when, uh, 
the club was losing their, their spot to store all the modules. Uh, Matt volunteered his father's real estate to house the club. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to jump in there, Matt, uh, and tell them how that happened. Um, well, not much has changed. I, I was a 10 year old with a big mouth and, uh, I'm a 31 year old with a big mouth now, but I volunteered my, my father and uncle's space in their newly acquired building in Patterson. Uh, they had acquired that for their business. Uh, they made picture frame mats and uh, got a space that was much, much larger than their needs. So in addition to converting a lot of it to rental, uh, they had this big open space. And uh, I remember saying to the president of the club at the time, you know, it'd be a great place to put the trains. And uh, did really even need to convince my father and uncle. They just jumped right in and uh, they started storing the layout there, uh, eventually assembled it. And you have to realize his father and uncle had nothing at all to do with trains. They, they, they could care less about trains at that time. Oh yeah, no, they, it, it was something my dad was into because he saw I was interested in it. And my uncle was into it when he was younger and, and we all kind of got into it again together. Um, but yeah, they, they really weren't trained nuts. Uh, they, they just went along with it. So, um, so I joined the club, as I said, about 12 years ago after Ben and Matt and other people had been there for a while and uh, the layout uh, is in the form it is now. We uh, The room that Matt's uh, uncle and dad let us use is just phenomenal. I don't know the exact measurements, but it's probably something like 250 feet by 50 feet with about a 30-foot ceiling. We're in a 140-year-old silk mill in Patterson, New Jersey. Patterson, New Jersey, its nickname is Silk City because of all the silk mills were there. So we have a fantastic uh, layout. And because of that, we have about 75 members. When I first joined 12 years ago, we had about 40 or so. We are up to 75 members now. And we have members that uh, are great at construction. We have members that are great at electronics. We have, we have the, the whole gamut of, of members. So people who join the club get a real good opportunity to learn aspects of model railroading that they might not have um have been very knowledgeable. We got a guy who joined a few years ago who knew nothing about scenery. He does all our landscaping now and he does a phenomenal job and he learned it from scratch from some of the other members. Uh, I think Matt, one of the questions you asked was how do you join the club? Very easy, ask to join and you're in. We do have a six month probation period to make sure that uh, you're actually going to contribute to the club. But uh, the easiest way to do it is to go to our website, which is njhirailers.com and uh, get the contact information and get an application from there. Uh, we actually just had a new member this week, so we're constantly getting new members. Are you, uh, are you required to uh, live in New Jersey to be part of your club? No, actually, we have members uh, in Florida. We have, mem we have members in Canada. We have members in Massachusetts. We have a full membership and we have associate membership. And the associate membership is for those people who are geographically challenged uh, as to coming to the club. So, no, we would uh, – we, uh, we have one – we have two requirements. You have to be a friendly person and you have to be interested in model trains or want to become interested in model trains. 
You know, the funny thing is, at one point, we had more members from Staten Island, New York, than New Jersey in the club. <laughs> <laughs> Which is about an hour right away. So it's, uh, yeah, yeah. We have people come hour, two hours, uh, just to come to the club to our regular Wednesday get-togethers. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, maybe stepping on kind of a similar question and... Um, but uh, how did each of you three get into the, the hobby of model railroading itself? Well, for myself, <laughs> it started, you know, just like everybody else would have sat around the Christmas tree. And, uh, you know, there was a, a railroad right by my, my house that, I, you know, I used to sit there with my friends and they used to be, you know, drinking and doing whatever. And I used to just be watching trains go by. <laughs> but uh, when it came to the club, um, I didn't have any intention of joining a club. I always wanted to have a, a, you know, a big layout in my, my house. And, uh, when I realized that that was impossible because of, uh, real estate constraints and wife constraints, uh, <laughs> we, uh, I, I searched all the forums and for, for a club that was nearby. And, uh, it was funny what the, uh, president at the time was, was, uh, advertising on, on some of the, uh, the old gauge forums that they're looking for members. So I went there and he asked me, well, you know, what do I know? And I said, I know nothing. <laughs> and it just, we went from there. Well, to give you an idea how people can learn, there's nobody who knows Ben who would say Ben knows nothing now. Ben is about as knowledgeable as it gets in our club. So that's very much an example of how you can join this club and, and learn all aspects of model railroading. Matt, you want to uh, give your story? Yeah, sure. Mine is probably one of the most unconventional ways of getting in. Mine was a little backwards. Um, when I was three, uh, my parents had bought a small HO train set for my brother, and he never played with it. Uh, I did and broke it. So um, my parents replaced it, and I continued to play with it. And my father had absolutely no interest in trains, and neither did my mother. Um, you know, my father never had the story of having a train around the tree at Christmas or Hanukkah time and, you know, nothing like that. And, uh, he said, you know what, this is, this is what my son has fun with and this is what brings him joy. And he was just always happy seeing me happy and jumped in with both feet and never looked back. So I'm uh, a little traditional like Ben was. I had uh, trains around the tree. Uh, I lived in uh, Brooklyn, New York, lived in what's called a railroad apartment, which is basically five or six rooms that are all just strung out in a straight line. So it was great. I built, put the track down the whole six, six rooms and back out to the hallway around and run it. Uh, however, my father was the kind of guy that the second you stopped using something, he sold it. So when I hit about 14 and my interest changed, as you can imagine where I'm going with that, I stopped playing with the trains. One day I asked where the trains were, they were gone. Oh, well. Well, when I had kids, I bought a couple of sets and we played with them and they they really get terribly interested in it. So that kind of languished. And probably 14 or 15 years ago, I went over to a buddy of mine's house that I know through the Boy Scouts and uh, go down to his basement and not totally unknowns to me, he had a layout in his basement. And I was like, wow, Tim, you have a layout in your basement. This is great. And I started getting into it. Uh, I bought a few things on eBay. I actually first met Ben when I went over to his house to pick up, uh, I think, an Alaska uh, gondola that I bought from him from eBay. 
and I bought uh, something from eBay from another guy named Alex. And uh, Alex talked me into coming up to the New Jersey high railers. And I worked in finance, IT, crazy, crazy hours. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. But Alex talked me into it. We went up there. We joined. Alex no longer comes to the club, nor belongs to it, except on special occasions. And I'm there every week. So, <laughs> And I've uh, gotten last 12, 14 years, very much into trains, have an extensive collection now and spend a good amount of time and met a lot of good friends uh, through the New Jersey High Railers. That's really cool. Uh, sounds like quite the story for all you guys. Um, for me, I think that's all I have for right now. But when we get to the layout, I have a definite lot of questions on that. So I'm going to throw it back to Matt uh, Ratchford and he can uh, go from here. Yeah, um, I have a couple questions on my list that I usually ask, and um, I want to know from each of you, uh, what is your favorite railroad, and why is it your favorite railroad? Well, I'll get my embarrassing answer out of the way right away. Yeah, my favorite railroad is the Alaska Railroad, because I like the colors. <laughs> so that's that's the truth. So I'll just say that right out, and that's it. <laughs> they are beautiful. They are beautiful colors. That's an absolute stunning Railroad, yeah. so but good not choice. exactly a deep, well thought out reason. <laughs> hey, you want to talk transfer. about the Santa Fe? I'm sorry, they don't. Uh, they don't stop in uh, in New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, don't see many of them around here. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, Matt Matt uh, Horning was just uh, kidding me a little bit um, when I was uh, bringing new members into the club. You know, they would always ask questions, you know, well, you know, could I run anything? And I said, and I always told them, well, you can run anything except something that has Santa Fe on it because I couldn't stand Santa Fe from when I was a kid because everybody had a Santa Fe F3 and I was the only one with a Rio Grande F3 <laughs> and I felt like out of place. So from that day, you know, from the, those days, Santa Fe was always like on my my bad list. <laughs> so, uh, you you, w- you wouldn't like it if you came to my house then. So <laughs> I have just about every one of Lionel Santa Fe F three war bonnets. I love to torture Ben with them. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a Santa Fe fanatic. So yeah, whenever Chris put something on on the layout with Santa Fe, uh, I'll I'll pass by and say junk. <laughs> so my my favorite railroads are Yuri Lackawanna. And uh, again, it, you know, it's the colors first of all. But it was I also ran, uh, you know, rode it as a kid because we used to go to one of my aunt's houses in New Jersey and take the uh, um, the Lackawanna from uh, Hoboken to, to her house. So one of the um, really nice things about our club is we have display cases all around the outside of it where members can store their trains. Uh, pretty much everybody has a really good mix. Ben has about 200 Erie Lackawanna engines in his case, and that's about it. <laughs> it's You've never seen anything like it in your life. It's just a, a, a wave of, of yellow and black. <laughs> and, and it's funny because everybody says, oh, look, they're all the same. I'm like, nope, every single one of them is different. <laughs> <laughs> you, would, you would cry if you went to Matt, uh, Matt R's house. I remember the first time I walked into his house uh, to see his layout. Uh, I, he, he's like, oh, I'm just a, you know, I'm being a Seth BN, a Santa Fe kind of guy. You know, you, you don't think much of it. I kid you not. This man has a triple decker shelf of war bonnet diesels. You cannot make this up. 
And he is a very proud Santa Fe uh, supporter, as the best way to put it. Well, Matt, you can't All learn right. any of that at, at the NJ High Road. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, if you right. we'll make sure Ben doesn't show up that day. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll run my Metra 40s. That's right. <laughs> Uh, my, my favorite. So I, I, with, when it comes to buying model trains, if I like the color scheme or paint scheme, I, I go for it. Um, I, I, I don't particularly go after one road name, but if I was, were to say my favorite road, uh, would be the Susquehanna, the New York Susquehanna and Western, um, besides having a better yellow and black paint scheme, uh, they just always seem to be, uh, spiting to stay alive. And I, I always thought there was a very cool story. So, uh, yeah. And it runs right by our club too. <laughs> and it runs right by our club. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I, I like the colors on that railroad as well. If, if I could only pronounce that railroad correctly, it, it would be all the better. So Susquehanna. Yeah. So Susquehanna. Yeah, See, you're gonna force deal. me to like say it the Chicago way because of the way the uh, the A's are in there. So yeah, it's, gonna yeah. be, it's gonna be That's difficult a, for it's me. It's a little cool. It's okay. It's yeah. cool to make you say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's interesting, though. I always like uh, I always like hearing um, people's uh, favorite railroads, but again, not just you know. Uh, the, the, what it is, but like why they picked it, because there's always like some kind of deep story uh, behind it. And uh, I thank you all for, for, for sharing that as well. All right. Uh, moving on to uh, my next question. Um, where do you guys, I'm curious as a, as a train club, where do you guys see the industry like in the next 10 years? Uh, as somebody who's younger in the club, I, it, the future doesn't look as, as good as, as I had hoped it would have been 10 years ago. Um, I mean, less competition always, always takes away from, uh, you know, developing new products and, and, and not using the same old mold with a million different road names. It keeps cost in check does a lot of things and, uh, and keeps the quality up and we keep losing companies. I mean, it's, listen, it's, we're, we're a very niche industry. Uh, it, you know, it's, these aren't huge companies. I mean, it's, it's, uh, not an easy industry to be in right now, especially with, with, uh, everything, the costs of everything from China going crazy. You know, with Lionel kind of dominating it now, I think uh, Matt alluded to companies like MTH essentially selling everything off. Uh, I'm actually a little glad that they are really getting into more remote control and really getting into running it with your smart device and getting into lower priced sets that you can do that. I think they, uh, you know, they still sell their $2,000 engines, but you can get yourself a nice $200 set that you can run with your smartphone. So I, I think that's a hopeful development in trying to get, uh, you know, a new generation of people involved in it. Whether or not that happens, if I knew the answer to that, I'd be, uh, I'd be a lot richer than I am now, which I'm not. <laughs> but um, I'm, hope, I'm hopeful from that point of view. You know, I, I do agree with Chris. Uh, it is nice that they're bringing Bluetooth into everything uh, so a kid can just pull out a phone. I, 
I don't have a layout set up in my house right now, but I do have uh, a little Lion Chief Plus 060 uh, and a little piece of track with with rollers on it. And we had a, one of my young cousins over and he wanted to see the train. And all I had to do was pull my phone out and turn the power on. You know, uh, everybody was um, doom and gloom when uh, MT- MTH announced that Mike Wolf was retiring. But um, I- I'll tell you what, I-, I think I'm spending more money now on trains than ever because of all these special runs that people are coming out with and things like that. And you know, you know, Lionel is, is killing it on, on on a lot of their new their new items. And I, I don't think the uh, the industry is is as bad as as everybody thinks because if you go to like say uh, Thomas the Tank Train at at uh, in uh, in Lancaster, it's mobbed. And you know, there, there's a uh, uh, a Christmas train here that that's run by one of the museums. That sells out in August. And Matt, Matt, you you know you were you were conductor on, on that a couple of times. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, and, yeah. I'm I'm still pretty involved. But the tickets they go on sale for for the Polar Express. They go on sale uh, end of July into August, and they're usually sold out within a couple of weeks. Yeah. So you know, there's still a lot of people involved. You know, that that are interested in it. And you know, uh, like I said, I I know I'm spending more money than ever on trains the past year. And I, I thought I, w- I was over that, but there's so much stuff coming out that, you know, everybody th- thought MTH was, was done, but, you know, they, they have so much stuff available right now. You know, as as it goes, I mean, we're in O-Gage, and, and in terms of the model train market, it's very small portion of, of everything. Most of it is HO. And, yeah. you know, when you, when you look at O-Gage, it might be shrinking, but HO is definitely growing. Yeah. And, and their quality has been leaps and bounds. I mean, just in the sound sound field. I mean, I, I had nature layout in my garage for a little bit and uh, it was amazing what, what the difference between HO now and what it was 10 years ago. Oh, you and 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 details down to the, the right rivet on the on the right wheel. It's amazing. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with the. Uh, um, ben, when you're talking about all the stuff available by MTH, because I think their new kind of business structure of making custom things for local areas has really taken off because like, uh, you know, I, uh, I can speak for Berwyn, you know, Berwyn Toys and Trains here, man, they're just making all kinds of local stuff in uh, Rock Island, Burlington, um, you know, Burlington Northern, uh, and it's just people, people are eating it up for dinner. Um, you know, instead of having MTH just make all this random stuff, which, you know, I love, you know, don't get me wrong. I loved MTH's catalog. I loved getting it. I loved going through it. But, you know, when your local stores, uh, local hobby shops are making all these, you know, railroads that, you know, you grew up with and, you know, have a, have a, a, a liking with. Um, it's awesome. Now it's just, now I'm like having to turn down stuff because I'm like, I can't, it's just, it's too much stuff. It's too much stuff. Like, stop, stop already. <laughs> you know, Matt, I got, I got to agree with you on that. We have a small shop on Staten Island called either Skaggs train shop or easy catch trains, traps, and tackle. He uh, sells trains and fishing tackle. 
And he was never really doing too much. But now I see him as one of the sponsors of uh, MTH special runs all the time. So it's definitely gotten the shops involved, too, a lot more, I think, which is a really good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And about and as far as like pricing goes, like, it, you know, it hasn't. I, I think hamburgers have percentage wise gone up more than buying trains. <laughs> Not, and it costs you like 10 bucks for like a, a cheeseburger now, like anywhere, even McDonald's, like give me, give me 10 bucks for that <laughs> cheeseburger. And then when you, when you look at like what it costs to get like a really nice, uh, you know, a, a decently priced, um, you know, uh line chief set or something like that, you're like, Huh, you know, go, you know, I could have a few cheeseburgers or I could have a nice line chief set. <laughs> so, um, but uh, I'll, I'll move on here. Uh, my last question uh, for each of you is, uh, and I like to ask this because I'm always interested in what people are looking for. But is there like a uh, is there like a holy grail engine that that you're still looking for and you haven't found it yet? Or maybe you've recently just found or you found your holy grail engine that you've been searching for your whole life. I'll go ahead and uh, open it up to the floor. Well, I can answer that one easily. Um, on my bucket list is to ride the Rocky Mountaineer from Vancouver up into um, up into uh, Canadian Rockies. And I am searching long and high and low, far and wide, trying to find the MTH Rocky Mountaineer set. And in 10 years of searching, I found one car. Forget about the engines. I just have one car. So that 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 set just, I think the color scheme is just amazing. And I really, really, really want to get it before I stop collecting trades. See, I didn't know you were looking for that because I saw the complete set. And I could have got it for you. I think I saw, I think that set was on trains and not, not to throw in our sponsor trains, but I think I saw that on a trains maybe a couple of months ago. Uh, but I think it really? had some... I think the engine was damaged slightly or something yeah. like that. Like it had a bad it had front end damage on it, but it was like the, it was the full set though. And I, it, you're, you're absolutely correct though. It is at, that set is absolutely stunning looking for sure. I heard you were a nice guy and you treated your guests very well. You're torturing me here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what though? But I'll tell you, you're in the right place because our resident Matt Z he is the sleuth of finding things. And yeah. um, if it exists, uh, uh, Matt Z, can you help our friend Chris out? I'll, <laughs> I'll do my damnedest. How's that sound? All right. <laughs> Chris, yeah, the I'm part that Matt's leaving out is he's the one who got the set. <laughs> no, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have that. But, quick uh, uh, quick uh, 30% uh, profit, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. I. Um, <laughs> No, joking aside, I usually when somebody asks me to find something for him, it, it's it's literally like a ten second search and boom, it's there. So I, yeah, it's I'm funny, uh, that, but you know, I've, I got to be honest with you. I've been looking for it so long that my search has just become passive. I'm just trying, just hoping I, you know, I pop up. Uh, it pops up one of one of these days, you know. Oh go. yeah, I just yeah, got the Rocky Mountaineer on trains, all sold out. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was oh, no. funny. Uh, when, uh, when we first had the Discord, one of the guys was looking for a DCS system, and I go, and he goes, "I'm looking for one, looking looking for one." So I found one within like ten seconds of him being on the server. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was fun. 
Nice. Oh, yeah. My previous uh, one I was looking for was the K-Line American Freedom Train, and I found somebody at York two, three years ago had the complete set for sale. So that was that checked off one of my lists. I remember seeing that. That was quite a collection. Wait a minute. I, I saw that last year. Somebody was that last year. You guys saw that? Because I remember Johnny and I remember no, seeing that like, set last year. This was at least three years ago for me. Oh, okay. Three years. Okay. And he does have two sets. One, uh, the windows were uh, sun, uh, sun, fit, sun, uh, you know, turned yellow. So that's not the one I bought. But anyway, yeah, I think I think Bob had that set, actually, uh, Matt R. I think uh, Sid's buddy had that set. Uh, you're right. Yeah, you're right, Johnny. It was. I think, it actually came, I think it came to Chicago too, because I think one of the guys at the GFW tailgate bought it. I think uh, George and Wally were running on one of their live streams, so nice. came back to us in one way or another. <laughs> well, uh, Ben and Matt, uh, how about you guys? Uh, anything you've uh, you've uh, that's caught your eye that you haven't been able your your uh, your white whale, so to speak? <laughs> ben doesn't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had one that. I couldn't find, you know, yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have just about everything I, I ever wanted. So uh, you know, sometimes I, I had two or three of them, but it, probably the, the biggest thing I ever wanted was uh, a New York city subway set, the R1 set. And at one time I had seven of them. I just got a good example of the average hobbyist. <laughs> What's a duplicate? Never heard of that term before. <laughs> I just got that one in over the summer, and God, that's uh, I. I'm I'm already looking for another one, but that set is absolutely fantastic. I I love subway. that set. That is the best subway set. Mm-hmm. That one is great. Uh, for me, I, I've I've honestly never really had a holy grail set. Um, I'm lucky enough that that if I. Maybe not so much anymore. I've got a I've got a five month old, but if I saw something, I would try to go for it. Uh, so I, I gotta say, I have most of what I've I've ever wanted. Well, you got a five year old, so there you go. Uh, five month old, five, <laughs> a five month year old. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, congrats, yeah. congratulations, by the way. Oh, so, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So that's for everything that, now. Hmm. I was gonna say I can vouch for Matt. He really wanted that too. So. yeah as a as a as another dad i can i can uh, i can understand so (laughs) he was he was just at the train club last week (laughs) oh that's awesome future future model railroader i'm guessing no no current model railroader (laughs) okay i'm sorry you're right i'm I'm mistaken that's All right. Well, I think that uh, wraps up at least the questions for me right now. Um, I'll go ahead and pass the mic over to Johnny and uh, let him uh, shoot you some questions. Thank you, Matt. So I'm going to focus it down more to the club aspect uh, from perspective of uh, presuming a lot of our viewers here are uh, individuals who have their friend groups, maybe, or uh, run trains on their own. So having a community uh, to run trains with a potential club to join might be something that might be on the horizon. So um, and something I want to kind of ask you guys a couple questions about. So uh, I'll start with one of these is, uh, so when you're running trains on your own, you know, you can usually keep track of that. But when you have a club, you've got so many people, everybody's got their trains and you guys have quite a large layout. Um, So two questions, how many trains can run at once? And two, how do you guys, uh, what, what system you guys have in place so people can be able to all have a chance to run on the layout? Well, we run, we run DCS, we run TMCC. 
Um, we run conventional. Uh, currently, we have nine TIUs on the layout. Um, anybody could run anything. It took a long time to get everything to work that way, though. <laughs> so, but yeah, so um, we, we you know on the open days you just run if you want to run. We don't have a lot of uh, contention for lines. We probably have five or six major main lines that can run simultaneously. And normally on just you know normal every day, there's no issue. Just make sure you announce to everybody that you're running. For our shows, we like to run as many trains as possible. So we have a system where you have to reserve two weeks in a row that you want to run. You have to test and make sure your train is staged in our staging yard. You know, the idea of the uh, the great hand of God putting trains on and off the layout during the uh, shows is a major no-no. And... Um, and we and I, I actually manage that system and we just make sure that people that have run one week, other people get a chance to sign up to run before then before the uh, people who already run get a chance. So we really um, we really um, try to make sure that we give the, everybody in the club a fair choice to run. We have, you know, some people that like to run diesels and steam and we have other people that uh like to run subway attraction it's almost like two separate communities so that that actually helps a lot we don't get collisions between those two communities there are actually 18 independent loops so if you we had 18 conventional runners we could run 18 trains wow that's 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 impressive yeah on on independent loops you know the some of the loops are really long, so you could run more than one train on them. I, on one line, I was running three trains one time. Yeah, I've done that. That requires you to pay some really good attention to where your trains are. Well, it does, but, you know, it works. <laughs> the The other thing was, you know, some, some people like to run really long trains, and, you know, we run – probably a hundred car trains a couple of times. I know Chris has run so, some really long ones. I had a uh, 88 Ballantyne Reefus behind the, you know, a couple of engines. So, you know, it, it, it's a possibility to run long trains. And there's, you know, Chris was talking about the staging yard. You have a 20 track staging yard that's completely hidden under a mountain. And that staging yard is 70 feet long. So you could you could stage trains going out either side of that staging yard. That's crazy. Yeah, this is coming from uh, uh, Matt. Uh, Matt R and I are we are uh, we have our own private layouts and stuff, and we bring trains to each other's places, but uh, uh, we don't have the luxury of huge huge trackage. So our our trains are traditionally not the the hugest things in the world. But uh, yeah, eighteen eighteen separate. That's that's crazy. Um, well. Ben mentioned 18 separate uh, trains if you want. Uh, the layout is, I believe, 185 feet by 40 feet and probably goes as high as 15 feet high. We have uh, 7,500 feet of track. And you know how many switches we have, Ben. How many switches do we have? 336. <laughs> That's a job in itself, maintaining switches. That's that's unreal. <laughs> now I, and you know, you know that the 185 feet it really doesn't count everything that's in, in in the place because 
besides the 185 foot layout, we have uh, two trolley lines that run down, probably another 50 feet. We have uh, Tom Snyder's uh, standard gauge layout in the room. On the other side of the, the, the room, we have uh, two of the, the layouts that were in the Sopranos TV show. So, you know, there's a lot of trains there, a lot of trains. <laughs> Do you guys know who Tom Snyder was? Isn't he the uh, the broadcast guy, the, the yeah. news guy? Yeah. So if, if you're familiar with the Late Late Show, uh, what's his name? James Corden. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Tom was the first host of the Late Late Show in the 90s. I mean, amongst a lot of other big things, but that's probably the closest that. Yeah. Uh, there's a story behind that Tom Snyder layout too. You know the the uh, well, there's a story behind just about every piece that we have. Like, like the, the the two the two layouts that came from the uh, uh, the HBO series The Sopranos. Uh, Matt was doing an internship at Lionel one summer, and HBO called Lionel and asked if they wanted these layouts that they had in their warehouse. So Lionel said, no, we have no use for them. And Matt's going, well, wait, I know I know where they could go. I know where they could go. So we got the three layouts from the Sopranos. Uh, you know, two of them were identical because they, they needed one. You know, there was a scene where somebody got shot and fell on the layout. So uh, they had two of them in case they had to retake the scene. And the other one was, was from another scene. But uh, Tom Snyder... Um, was very good friends with Ward Kimball. And when Ward Kimball passed away, his whole collection was uh, put out to, uh, to auction. So Tom Snyder didn't want that to happen to his collection if he ever passed away. So he told his partner, Pam, um, I don't want that to happen. I want, I want to keep it intact. So when he passed away, uh, they put it in a museum out in California. And after a while, the museum needed the space. And, they called Pam and said, you got to take the layout out of here. We don't have the space anymore. So Pam was also friends with Tom McComas, you know, does the videos. And uh, he said, I have a feeling I know a place that, that, that could take it. So Matt and his father, Marty, flew out to California to pack it up in a container and bring to our, our layout. And it's a standard gauge layout. We never had standard gauge in our, in our, our, uh, you know, our room. So it, it was get you know it was it was pretty different to have these big clunky things running around on a layout, but it, it's it's a really cool layout. Yeah, yeah, and uh, when they when the layout was 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 reassembled and cleaned up, uh, they had a nice unveiling there with a lot of his broadcast friends. Oh yeah, we um, had Spencer Christian and Kaidi Tong and. Storm, uh, Frank Field, Frank Field, you know, yeah, a whole, whole bunch of them that came. And when we when we uh, dedicated the layout, Tom Snyder was uh, a broadcast. He he started out in on the news, the local news. Then he went to national news. Then he was on the Late Late Show. Then he he, he had another show. I forget what the name of it was, but you know, he he was a big in broadcasting. I mean, he was a, he was a major TV personality. He interviewed on his show, the Late Late Show. He interviewed probably 500 different celebrities, you know, so we have pictures with Tom Snyder and, and like, you know, probably about 25 pictures of him with a, a celebrity getting interviewed on his show. He was the guy who I famously interviewed uh, Charles Manson at the at the prison where he got up and then lunged towards him. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great story. And uh, 
really glad she has brought that up, actually. Uh, I remember being a kid, and uh, or no, I wouldn't say a kid, but a, y- a much younger version of myself, and I saw uh, that uh, layout come up in, uh, I think it was an OGR magazine. I remember, I wasn't a big standard gauge person, but I, I remember I would just leaf through the pages looking at all the pictures, because it, it is a beautiful layout. That was uh, with Ed Boyle, right? I believe so. I'm not sure. It's such a long time ago. I can't remember. And it, it was part of the, the TM TM videos did a, a whole thing on celebrity celebrity uh, layouts. They did a Frank Sinatra one. They did a Tom Snyder one. So that, that you know, it, it was on a lot of DVDs out there. So people know used to know it. You guys must be. Oh young. yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Those are that's my yeah, childhood. Right I, there. I, I remember watching those when I was younger. Watching the the Tom uh, Tom Tom interviewing Tom McComas. That, that, that yep. was fun. Yep. Yeah, those are, I remember watching. Oh, those. I remember that one. Yeah, good ones, good ones. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you guys touched on this earlier uh, when you were discussing the the sheer amount of trackage you guys have in your layout and the 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 humongous amount of switches. Um, I know this was answer was question. This question was answered on. Uh, I think you guys were interviewed on on local news as well. But I want to ask us here as well. How much effort does it take to maintain, specifically cleaning the track? I know. You, I think a small army is almost required at that point. Well, that's that's Chris's thing. <laughs> well, that's a great Chris- question to ask because the last two Sundays we had cleaning days. <laughs> <laughs> Two weeks ago, we had 15 people cleaning track for three or four hours. And then this past weekend, we had uh, almost the same 15 people for three or four hours vacuuming and dusting and cleaning the layout. So because we start our first show on October 2nd. So during the summer and the uh, spring, we do all our work and the place gets a little dusty. So uh, we have three Sundays. So it's a. Uh, you know, I'd love to have 75 people there, but the reality is, you know, you get 15 or 20 who are really dedicated. And fortunately, we have those 15 and 20 and they will come and spend half a Sunday missing a football game to uh, to um, help us clean the layout. And, you know, you know, we've, we've tried every track cleaning car in creation. And the only thing that works is having a, you know, a track cleaning party like Chris Rose, you know. <laughs> well, I'm glad to see you guys have such a dedicated crew to maintain the layout and keep it going. I'm going to actually throw some throw a question back at our, our hosts, actually. So um, Matt R and Matt Z, on the flip side, when was the last time you guys cleaned your layouts, specifically the track? Because I'll come out and say, it's been a very long time for me. I did it a couple of weeks ago. Now, dusting, that's a different story. But cleaning the track, I, I got to do it a lot because, you know, I when I run my trains, I kind of run them a little hard and they get check is dirty but dusting you, yeah you, you got you got to see my thing on uh voice chat whatever you got you said said one time he goes he goes god I, I can't see your trains and all that dust it's a winter layout <laughs> yeah but but it's gray instead of white <laughs> oh and you met our uh you're supposed to clean your track that that would be my answer. <laughs> no, I, I so I have one of those cars where you it's got like the little uh sponges at the bottom of it bottom of it and it's on kind of like on a like a piston. So you, you know, I squirt my little uh, you know, uh cleaning solution on there and I just, you know, run it around behind a switcher engine. And it does a pretty good job, I have to say, but uh it's it's 
you know, my layout, unfortunately, in the last couple of months has been under construction because I've, I've expanded and now I'm trying to finish up all of my landscaping. And, you know, it's like I'm just waiting until the full landscaping is done because otherwise I'd have to clean it like every other day or something like that. So. OK, but, uh, well, let's slide. If you're a big smoke fluid user, your track gets dirty a lot faster than than. You know, if you weren't, you yeah, because you get that film, that film buildup. Um, I don't smoke all that much uh, on occasion. Uh, you know, when I have people over or I want to make videos, I'll run the smoke. But usually on my own, um, you know, it, I run them without smoke for the most part. Yeah. So because then I then I got to turn on my exhaust fan and wait, like you light a candle and wait like two hours for the. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I, my layout's in the basement, so I don't have like a window that I could open up that'll like flush all the <laughs> all the smoke out the window. So I kind of have to do it uh, with a uh, with an air purifier. Yeah, oh, we buy smoke fluid by the gallon. By the way, <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh, you gotta, hey, smoke them if you got them. That's right. True. What uh, what scent do you guys usually use at the club if we're gonna touch we, and smoke? We, we actually, oh actually, God. We actually have a, a rack, a spice rack with the, with about twenty five cents in it. So, <laughs> but my favorite is beer. <laughs> By the way, can I, can I just tell you that's Ben's answer to most questions? I'm a vanilla guy myself. Yeah, cut grass is pretty good too. Uh, do you guys have a black licorice scent yes, on your do. shelf? Yes, we do. All right. All right. Must be must be an East Coast <laughs> thing then. Uh, yes, so. I'll take it. I need to try that one still. <laughs> Matt and I will go. Uh, do you guys have a do you guys have an anchovy scent on your no, shelf? No, no. no. Oh. <laughs> what was that <laughs> one? Barnyard? <laughs> Barnyard. The worst smelling one ever. Oh my god, that was horrible. <laughs> why would you even? I don't. Even, I don't even understand the context of why you'd even want that. That barnyard. I mean, maybe if you grew up on a farm, yeah, you, you know, you get used uh, to that scent. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe I'm too if spoiled. I wanna, if I want to be friends with somebody who enjoys that scent. Well, the thing is, you know, Jeb from uh, Megasteam sees us coming at York all the time, and he'll always say, "Oh, you got to try this one," and, and, and like he'll give us one of his new scents, you know. Because he knows when we when we stop by there, we're buying quarts and gallons of smoke fluid. You know? so the, he gave us that barnyard. It was like the worst thing I ever smelled in my life. <laughs> uh, still hunting down. Uh, what was it? Great. What's the one that you got, Matt? That I that you put in your breakdown B unit, and I can never find. Uh, yeah, grape. I think grape soda was it or uh, just grape? GT GT no GT Megastream's grape. Yeah, grape is good. It's yeah. good. Very cherry. Uh, I'm a big. My favorite is root beer. Hundred yeah, percent. JT's yeah. root beer is like yeah, really, really good. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. That's really cool to think. I, I so it's one of the things where you never really think about it, and and uh, never ask for it. Everybody's got their favorite smell or scent, and and all that stuff. But that's that's pretty cool, guys. Um, so kind of touching a little bit more on the the club aspect and more so just the difference, I think, to kind of convey to our viewers here. Um, what what do you say is the biggest difference when it comes to running in a big club environment on a big layout like what you guys have versus like running with a handful of friends on like a, a private layout or, or running on your own? Like what are what are the advantages and why would you recommend that to our viewers who are curious about joining a, a club? 
Well, specifically to our club, you can actually lose your train. I don't think you can do that on a home layout. <laughs> you know, I, I joined the club thinking I would never have a home layout. And then I tried having home layouts. I had three different ones. And after running at the club, and then I, you know, I'll run at the home layout and say, you know, this is boring. <laughs> you know, <laughs> compared to you know running on a hundred eighty-five foot layout, you know, it's it, it's adventurous. Yeah, you know, as Ben said, Ben's run eighty-eight uh, beer car trains. I ran a sixty-car auto rack train. You can run, you know, many, many engines. You can run si- many trains simultaneously. It's definitely a different vibe, though, because if you have people over and you're running trains, it's a little more of a very in- more social party almost kind of atmosphere. But running in a show at the club when there's two or 300 people in the in the train room watching the trains and asking you questions and you uh, you have to coordinate with your fellow train, uh, your fellow club members to, you know, because we mentioned about the staging yard. Well, to get in and out of the staging yard, it's, you know, the, the dispatcher has to be on top of their game because you many times crossing other main lines. So it really makes you focus in a lot of ways. And uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, this, the, part, the, the part I talked about, about getting to learn in great detail and great sophistication, all the aspects of model railroading. I mean, we have a very, very sophisticated uh, legacy and DCS systems. We have, you know, all that kind of stuff. You guys have any um, uh, incident stories where you uh, had uh, some nasty crash ups? <laughs> How much time you got? <laughs> yeah. Okay, give us some of your your big ones. How about that? <laughs> the, the best ones is when I I first joined the club. My first recommendation was to use these new switch machines. Uh, I don't want to mention the manufacturer because I don't want to say anything disparaging about them or anything like that. But we, they were brand new, so we went out and bought fifty of these new switch machines. And the software, yeah, I, I, I placed was, that order. That good, and they would switch by themselves. So we would be running like, you know, eight trains and all of a sudden you have trains running head on into another train and, and we start pointing fingers at each other, but it was actually the switch machine switching by themselves. Yeah. Yeah. We, we learn a few things. We have a, we have a helix and um, you got to be very careful running a big boy on the uh, inner track because um, if you have somebody running and this, I know this exactly because this is what happened to me. 21-inch passionate cars running around the outer track and the big boy running on the inner track when the, uh, uh, or when the big boy swings out, it'll knock a good number of those 21-inch cars off the helix and down into the valley. And it makes for a great picture. <laughs> yeah. Another uh, incident, I had my uh, cellar running and I was – I was running it. As Ben knows, I like to run at high speed. And I was running at a high speed. I had a switch through all by itself. And instead of going straight, it tried to go out and into the mountain. And we heard this horrific crash. And I had this great picture of about six of my Acela cars all accordion together. I mean, I hate to say it, but it looks like a real crash in, in, in a real mountainous area. <laughs> yep. Uh, one of the funniest ones. One of the funniest ones we had was uh, we had a, a member that was a, a subway guy. He All he ran was subways. And at that time, um, we had uh, a Y 
connecting two halves of our layouts. And he used to run his subways at 120 miles an hour. And he was making this nice video of, of his uh, R32 subway train coming down. And it hit that Y, and the first train fell off, and the the, the other seven cars just folded up around <laughs> around that first one. <laughs> it's on YouTube, though. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. <laughs> Stuff like that with uh, I, I think that I, I think that's a really really interesting point you brought up uh, when it comes to like when crashes like that, especially like ones with like the Acela, for example. Um, sometimes you just have a fender bender, and you look at it, and you're like, you, you, "There's the part of you that's like, oh my god, my train crashed, and you're having a heart attack." But at the same time, like, this looks really cool, though. Like, I gotta get a picture, but this is terrible. But I gotta get a picture. It's like it's it's chaotic art in a way. Not that I would encourage anyone to do this, but uh, but it's it, it's one of those things. Where I had a um a set of a coal hoppers that my my buddy Jason had lent me. They're all like right away ones, so they're they're light as a feather. And they, uh, they, I tried because I was bored. We had two 080s uh, from Lionel, the TMCC ones. One, the, I put one on the front and one on the back. I tried to control them separately because, you know, DCC guys do it in HO. So I'm like, yeah, why not? And uh, the one started before the other, and they all tipped over and, and shoestringed <laughs> the curb. But it looks so cool, though. But uh, uh, no. Uh, and nothing in them, and nothing, no, no one got hurt. And Jason doesn't know mm-hmm. unless he listens to this episode. But, um, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely something cool. Uh, Matt, uh, did you want to chime in there, dude? Yeah, it was the uh, who was running the subway that uh, that fell? Was it Zach? <laughs> no, no, this is before Zach joined the club. Yeah, uh, so I'll tell you something else about our layout that's a little different. That uh, actually led. Uh, leads to problems like we're talking about. Most clubs have a nice high plexiglass wall around their layout so that nobody can get up close and quote unquote personal with the, with the trains and the switches. We don't believe in that. We don't have any of that. People can get up and stick their face right on the track if they want to. We, uh, we think we're, uh, we're showing it so the kids can enjoy it and the, uh, the parents can enjoy it. And we want them to get the best possible view that they can. And it's probably not the typical way a club uh, tries to protect their trains and their layouts. But to be honest, every once in a while, a five-year-old's hands get to be wandering, and every once in a while there's a little issue because of it. But it's something that we think is well worth it, given the, you know, to let people really get the best view of the layout. We found that most of the damage without the plexiglass comes from guys' bellies hitting the, you know, the... <laughs> Hitting the signals and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Very uh, interesting uh, situation you run into there. That one that I don't think many people account for. That's really no. I, I would I would argue that it's probably fairly common in our hobby. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably. Well, especially um, especially if uh, uh, someone's answer to a question is always beer. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> no, uh, no, no offense. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll take that one, and I'll move. I'm actually going to touch upon something that um, you guys brought up uh, during our conversation about uh, 
we had oopsies here. And so, cause I know, um, Matt, uh, Z had a couple of things he wanted to bring up and maybe Matt R does too. Um, you guys have a very large layout and very, have very iconic parts of your layout too. Um, so you have, uh, for example, the helix is one of them. I'll have you kind of talk about that in just a moment. But, um, one of my, my last questions before I kind of turn it open, open it to the floor again, um, is, uh, what are your personal favorite scenes on the layout? If you had to take your camera and get a shot of a train running by or just stay at one part of the layout, just stare at that scene forever, what is your favorite scene on, on the layout? Well, I, I know my favorite scene is the Ballantine Brewery. <laughs> that was supposed to be on my home layout and uh, brought that to the club. Yeah. Mine, uh, mine would be the the area of downtown Newark uh, with a fire burning. I always thought that looked so cool. Yeah, I um, we have an area that uh, Ben uh, spent a lot of work on in the last couple of years. We call it Barren Bay, uh, and it's an area that uh, we built up with about twenty scratch built craftsman quality houses and buildings. Looks like a New England uh, uh, fishing village uh, 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 scene that were all donated to us by somebody who decided had spent probably 15 years building these and decided he was never going to have a layout. And uh, it's just spectacular, the, the amount of detail. And every time you look at it, uh, you see new detail in it. And uh, that that's the single, my single favorite area in the layout now. I take the pictures for our annual calendar. So I am sticking my nose in all areas of the layout all the time, trying to get new backgrounds for our calendar. And as I said, I've been, I, I lose track. I mean, the 12 or 14 years I've been aware of the club and involved. Every year I find new areas of the layout that I've never seen before. I'm like, oh, I didn't know we had three people climbing the mountain here or, uh, it's it's amazing. It's it's hard to say what your favorite would be because there is so much detail on this layout. The three people climb and have a bear chasing them. <laughs> See, I don't think I knew that. <laughs> that's cool to have a layout like that where you can you're you're always finding something new, and that's that's really cool. And uh, once again, so this is something that's really unique to you guys is the the helix because you see a lot of those in the smaller scales but you don't you don't see that a lot in, in o scale especially one as as prominent as as your guys's layout what was uh what was the inspiration or what was the thought process be, behind that and uh, how, how well does the public take to seeing that in person you know what the inspiration behind that was <laughs> matt's uncle and matt's father saw it at york and wanted it and we just tried to fit it into the layout somewhere. <laughs> That's, that was the inspiration. We didn't plan that. They came home my, to work with it. My father and I, we, we went to that York show and this guy brought, well, Brian Cooper, right? Uh, he thought my that they were joking. They said they'll take the whole booth. And they took the whole booth. <laughs> That's crazy. So you know, is- the helix is an interesting area because there's the helix and people love seeing trains going up the grade into the helix and then coming back down. But inside the helix, there's a city that used to be, I don't know what we called it, Ben Empire City or something. But uh, we have a member who's quite the um, Batman slash superhero freak. And he rechristened it Gotham. 
and he puts some super streets in it and he has um, Batman chasing the Joker and the cars around the super streets. And he has uh, uh, the tallest building has a bat signal on it. Now it's another thing we have is that there's buttons all around the layout that the kids can push uh, to activate uh, different um, accessories and such. And this one, they can uh, push the button and it projects the bat signal on the wall right there. So it's not only the helix, it's a whole set of, uh, of uh, effects and, and dioramas that centered around it. Don't you guys also have somebody who, I, I don't know, I saw it in like a, a random YouTube video that caught my attention. It doesn't one of the club members or doesn't the club have a set, a custom set of the, the Caped Crusader, I believe is one of the, the That's his train. Same guy. He <laughs> Same has a train where he, he took a Crusader engine and made it into the bat engine with the cow on it and everything. And then he has well, a flat Cape car Crusader. with every Batmobile ever made through the whole history of Batman from the 30s to now. One of each one that he, in a lot of cases, oh, wow. custom made. This guy is the real deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's His awesome. Name is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's fun to have little little themes like that on the layout. But uh, so I'll, I'll open the. Uh, what's, Go ahead. What's not on the layout in that theme is we have a bat cave. That when he finishes his current project, we're going to install a bat cave onto the layout. <laughs> That's cool. That's very cool. But uh, yeah, I'll open it up to the floor again. I uh, Matt Z, I know you had a couple things you you were thinking about asking or Matt R. If you guys want to ask any questions that you guys had about um, anything in general, I. Up to uh, hand the mic over to you guys. Yeah, it was um, probably for me the biggest thing that I like is your subway section. Uh, so I was curious if you could talk about that and more specifically on the, uh, I believe it was Ben or I, I remember seeing it uh, to whoever did the World Trade Center. Hats off. You did a fantastic job. That That just looks great. So if you could talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I, I can't take credit for that. The, two of our members built that. I had the idea because um, in our, our hallway, we had these two glass cases. And I came up with the idea of let's take those two glass cases and build, build some walls on it, put it on the layout and make it into the World Trade Center. But when we put it on, you know, it started out with these two glass cases with some walls on it. And then two of our members, uh, Vinny and, and John Eckroat, took it a step further. And at that time we had these laser cutters downstairs uh, that we used to make our bridges with and they cut, they laser cut all the, uh, the, the walls and built the world trade center. And when they first built it, it was like 10 feet tall. And uh, I said, Oh, you know, that's a little, go it's going a little crazy. Let's you know scale it down a little bit. So they came down it's eight, both towers are eight feet tall, but uh, it, it's, it's pretty cool. And uh, we have the Empire State Building now, too, to go along with it. So that's that's down the street a little bit. <laughs> but the, the we have a, right on that wall, we have a, that street. We have a Pan Am building. We have Grand Central Terminal with the base. We have a whole set of uh, iconic New York buildings on that side of the layout. And we almost had a whole... New York City there, uh, we we got involved with um, when they made um, the remake of the taking of Pelham 123, um, a friend of mine called me and said that this this director called him and uh, he wanted to uh, 
make this scene where they were they were trying to figure out how these hijackers of the subway train were trying to get out of out of the subway system. So the scene was to go to this crazy train nut and ask him how they would get out of the subway system. So at that time, when that scene was in in the movie, they were going to build a whole New York City system for us for the for, for the movie and film it in in the in the uh, the train room. But they cut that scene out because the, the movie was getting too long. But uh, I got to meet Tony Scott and uh, Denzel Washington, and uh, they gave us a couple of nice plaques to put up on our wall. But that, that, that was it. We, we weren't in the movie. That's pretty cool. Um, and uh, it's quite the, the, uh, the, the subway uh, system itself that we have is four subterranean tracks and there's three elevated tracks. And uh, the section that where the subway was, that's where we used to have the, the module layout set up. And we took down the module layout and created, you know, a, a whole nother section. And we had a lot of subway subway nuts in the in the, the club at that time. And uh, you know, construction went went on that. That's seventy two feet long by about thirty feet wide. Wow. Something. Pretty cool. If you're a subway fan, that's where to be. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I can concur. I think I've seen videos and uh pictures of your guys's uh subway uh kind of architecture that you guys have everything set up and it's it's pretty it's pretty impressive, to say the least. Yeah, I know Zach uh he's filmed videos on and I've seen it. It's really, really cool. Awesome stuff, guys. You're always welcome to talk about subways on this podcast. This is a subway friendly podcast. So <laughs> well, I'll tell you how, how much I was into subways. I retired from uh an IT job that I had for, for 32 years and I drive subway trains now, one-to-one subway trains. That's Very awesome. Cool. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. We might have to have you and Zach on for a separate uh, podcast, just about uh, the models and the and the real thing. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, Zach, Zach's a, a subway historian. He knows he knows stuff that it, that I don't even touch on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matt Z, did you have anything else? No, I, I think that was. I just was. I said when I, when uh, Matt said that we were, uh, you guys were going to be on. The uh, first thing that came to my mind was the the subway and the world trade. That I just I, said, I remember seeing that. And God, fantastic! So I, I really appreciate that story. All right, well, we're getting on a little bit over an hour now, but um, I did have one other item to ask you guys, and uh, that's, it sounds like you've been to York. Are you guys planning on going to York this fall? Yes. Not, not myself, unfortunately. I'm sorry, uh, Chris, you said you're going to be there? I will be there, yeah. Actually, I'm going to be going with uh, Tim, our Batman guy. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> Awesome. That's good to hear because uh, we are we we will be there as well. So Johnny and I, in fact, the uh, the Matt and Matt podcast uh, is actually going to be at York uh, for the first time officially. Uh, we're going to have a small table uh, set up over at the trains booth that the trains guys uh, were nice enough oh, okay. to uh, give us a l- little table. Uh, 
you know, we're going to we're going to you know, we're going to be there off and on Friday and Saturday. It's not going to be manned all the whole time because, you know, hey, we want to walk around and buy stuff, too. <laughs> but uh, but we're going to have stickers and buttons and everything. We're going to leave it on there. People can come by and pick them up. Uh, but hopefully um, we will be able to see you guys. Uh, we'll be on the lookout or maybe you guys can stop on by and say hi. We would love to meet you in person. Shake your hand. Um, see what you bought. Tell us what you bought already. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that'd be really fun if you guys are going to be there. Great. I'll be there. That would be great. Awesome. Listener, listeners, welcome. Uh, people who bring anchovies and black licorice will be uh, turned away. <laughs> I won't be The barnyard center is right up the alley there. <laughs> if you have barnyard, smoke fluid, or cologne, we will also turn you away. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, I think you just opened the floodgates now to people that will actually do that now. So, I'd, I'd be very impressed. They, they you deserve know what? a handshake. If you, if you, yeah. If you bring uh, any kind of uh, black licorice or anchovy scent, um, uh, we'll have Matt Z send you a signed picture of himself to you. Oh, so, so. We'll, we'll, we'll mail those straight to Matt Z for you guys. There yeah, you go. we will. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm just going to say that you guys have been awesome guests. Um, this has been, a, again, it's been a first for us to have a club on. And this has been a, a very eye-opening experience for us um you know there are some clubs around chicago land we're not you know we've gotten we've been to a couple of clubs obviously as well but you know getting a chance to to speak with you guys about your club um all the intricacies of like how everything works and you know it's just it's been amazing and uh, i just wanted to thank you all three of you um eric as well for getting all this stuff um obviously facilitated for uh for coming on the podcast Great. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. We we greatly appreciate being first. It's going to be tough for anybody else to follow on after us, but they'll do their best. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, Matt, Z or Johnny, do you guys uh, have anything to say? Uh, it's a plus one. I mean, really enjoyed this. And uh, I said, we'll definitely have to have uh, Zach and Ben on for another one. Cause I guarantee you that you think this was cool. It'll be even better when we could talk subways, Matt, for a whole, for a whole episode, whole thing. We could do a whole, it. Episode, a whole episode just on subways. Yeah, Has that been done do before? <laughs> let's do it. I'm just be weeping the entire time, muted and weeping. But <laughs> thank, thank you guys so, so guys, much. If for you're, um, you're going to be in the New York area at any time, make sure you uh, you know you have all our email addresses. Make sure you contact us. We will. Uh, we would love to have you uh, have you buy uh, the club and uh, you can get to see it firsthand. Maybe we'd even run a couple of trains. hundred percent. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go ahead, Johnny. But uh, yeah, thank you, Ben. And I, I just want to throw in there. Thank you all three of you for joining us tonight, for reaching out and, uh, and uh, joining us and, and for all the great stories, the laughs, the, the jokes and your insight into the hobby. It, it, it's greatly appreciated. And I, I Jeff definitely enjoyed uh, tonight's episode. It was great. And uh, like we usually do for all our guests, um, we want to make sure people know where to find you. Um, uh, again, you know, <laughs> you know, don't give your phone number out or anything, but uh, if you do have any kind of social media or any kind of web address uh, where people can find you, or even like the the, the URL for obviously your club layout. Um, let us know, uh, uh, Ben. I'll start with you. Uh, where can people find you? Um, 
Can't find me. I hide a lot. <laughs> you can't find me. That's that, that, that is a that is a legitimate answer, Ben. That's fine. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I'm on YouTube. Um, email, you know, but anyway, anywhere there. Gotcha. And uh, Matt H, where can people find you? Uh, at work, at home. Uh, gotcha. All kinds of places. No, uh, please find our, our Facebook page is NJ High Railers, and, and I'm on there too. Uh, Matt Horning. Gotcha. And uh, Chris, how about yourself, sir? Um, I'm on Facebook and uh, YouTube, Chris Lord. I'm one of the guys who posts uh, videos of the uh, of the uh, layout trains and a layout once in a while. We also have the NJ High Railers where we post periodic uh, YouTube videos. Our website is www.njhirailers.com. Um, we're in the process of rebuilding it. Hopefully in the next two months, you'll see the new and improved website. But right now you can go there and it has contact information. It has our show schedule. It has uh, pictures of the members. It has miscellaneous information about the uh, club. So um, uh, feel free to visit that. And as, uh, as we said, we have... Uh, I guess we have the YouTube channel also is the other big way we get through people and Facebook. Yeah. And I'll make sure that we put all of your social links in our show notes as well. So people can find those there for you. And uh, let's go ahead and skip to the host. So uh, Mr. Johnny, where can people find you, sir? You can find me at YouTube at A-U-D-A-M-U-S or Autumnus Trains. Uh, you can also find me occasionally posting videos. I think I'm reaching uh, the half of a year mark soon, but I promise you I do have stuff in the works. My computer went kaputs and Matt R has kindly helped me bring it back. But once that is back in action, you'll see videos. I've got uh, three in the works at the moment. You can also find me on Instagram at Autumnus underscore trains and Facebook at the same name. Uh, please reach out and say hello. Let's talk trains. And last but not least, you can also find me on the Matt and Matt Discord server where I will be filming after daylight, as I always do, and also chatting in the voice chat with you guys. So come on down. It's a fun time. Uh, Mr. Matt Z, how about you, sir? You can find me on YouTube under Matt-Trainlover9943, Facebook under the same name, Instagram as Matt's.Hobbies, and like Johnny said on the uh, Discord, always talking, having a good time, and uh, that's all we got. But uh, big thanks again, guys, for this. This was a lot of fun, and hopefully not our last uh, hurrah. This was a great. And uh, you can find me on YouTube at West Chicago Model Railroad. I'm on Facebook under the same name, and I'm on Instagram under WCMRR. Uh, with that said, uh, again, big thanks to all of our listeners as well. You guys keep this podcast going. You guys are why we make this podcast, because we have people who download our episode and uh, a big way to thank us is just by leaving us feedback uh, on any of the social uh, media outlets that we have uh, you know, on Facebook or on YouTube or directly on uh, iTunes. Uh, if you use, uh, I'm sorry, I should say iTunes, but like Apple Podcasts. If you use that, uh, that's a good place to uh, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, with that said, uh, I want to wish everybody a wonderful night. Take good care. Thank you. Good night, everyone.